Sorry about my, I'm like using someone else's Zoom account. Oh, okay. It's fine. <laughs> I'm really just going to end up using the audio. Um, mostly because I don't have a cool background. <laughs> uh, let me get rid of this dumb background. There we go. Turn on that light so I look a little less dead. <laughs> um, you look amazing. It's a good camera. Thank I you. I have a better camera, but I was like, Ooh, no, that's too good. Um, I need some blurring. I need some blurring <laughs> going on right now. Are you in LA? Yes, I am. Oh man. How's it out there? Right now? Uh, well, I have developed Stockholm syndrome, so can't say it's too bad anymore. It was pretty bad three weeks ago, but now I'm used to being a hostage. So you've just reached a point of acceptance in the grieving process. Yes. Exactly. I I am a roller coaster. Sometimes I'm like, no, it's gonna be fine. It's cool. Like, right. <laughs> We're all right. And then other days I'm like, it's never gonna end. I'm never gonna get through this. Um, so I haven't reached acceptance really yet too much. Is it bad out there in Denver? Um people just still don't seem to care. I'm actually in Wichita, Kansas right now because I needed to get the last of my stuff and I wanted to see my friends. So I was like, I'll go there for 14 days, go home, won't go anywhere for 14 days. Um, and no one cares here. Like as bad as I thought it was in Denver, like no one cares here. Like the people working here, but like the customers, people walking around, you don't see any masks. There's less people maybe, I guess, out and about a little bit, but it's, it's not really that different here um, in the few stores that are open. And everyone just got their money. Everyone's getting their stimulus checks and their taxes and their um, all their benefits, you know, the Social Security. So the time I went to the store was probably the worst time to go to the store because it's when everybody has to go restock all their stuff. They have to go out. That's when they got their money. I'm not saying it's their fault. Because, you know what I mean? But, yeah. There's a lot of people out there and nobody was wearing masks. But oh my gosh. You wouldn't even know there was a pandemic some places. That's pretty, I mean, I wish it was like that here, but I guess we're kind of overpopulated. So that wouldn't be a good idea. No. Yeah. They think they're, you know, because they're not a big city that they're safer. So they don't feel as panicked. Um, I don't know. I haven't compared their numbers to Denver's numbers or any of that stuff to see if they're right. I'm just, it doesn't really matter. Um, I don't live here. I live in Denver. So what's, happen <laughs> what ha what's happening here matters to me because I have my kids here. My mother's here. Um, so that matters, but I don't know, man. No one cares. Um, but yeah. I'm in a weird headspace today, so I'm trying not to be too mopey on this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I know how you feel. Um, so let's get into like what what this podcast is about. This is about art of comedy. Are you familiar with the nonprofit and what we're doing? Yeah, I looked at your website, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, the classes and stuff. Um, so what I like to start off with is just like your origin story, like how long you've been doing comedy, how'd you get into it, all that. <clears throat> okay. 
Um, do you want me to start right now or are you going to ask me and then no. I respond or how no, do you want? Just tell me your, what's your story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay. So I started about three years ago and I was in a pretty like bad corporate situation. I broke out into hives and after like live tweeting people, serious faces around the office and like multiple times getting fired for doing pranks and jokes and things like that. I was like, maybe I'm in the wrong space. Maybe I need to reevaluate my life right now. So hang on, you got fired from multiple jobs for pulling pranks and being funny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not just one, but multiple, almost every job I've had it was, they were like, you're disruptive and we don't want to start the PowerPoint out with a joke in the front. So, um, boring, right? <laughs> exactly. So I, I mean, I thought it was, I'm like, can't you like give me something more like my skin color, you know, like discriminate against me. Cause then I could have like some kind of story, but, um, That's a better story. It's hard because I'm just too damn funny and they, they're boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was weird. It was like, we would have like, I would just do little contests with my boss. Like I, we, in my head, I would be having a staring contest, but in his head, he's like giving me a performance review, you know? So like stuff like that, that I just don't have any control of. And I generally, I don't know. I have like ADD. I have a lot of like mental issues that are way better suited for the stage than anything else. Do you think there's any factor of it is that you're a woman doing that? Getting fired or? Or staring him down or pulling pranks or making jokes? Um, I think it, they they tried to keep me down. Like I, I got my MBA and everything and, and you know, the common thread was like, well, you can't be that smart because you're a girl in IT, you know? so. They told me at one point, a boss had told me not to use words bigger than two syllables. And I was like, I don't know how I can't do that's like not possible because we're in something called information technology. So like that in itself, you know, just stuff like that it just like triggered me all over the place. So it was pretty difficult because it was a very male dominated space. Um, and also the females that were in charge were dominated by the males. It must be pretty bad if you if because people feel that way about comedy. Yeah. So, but you were just in a space that was way worse. So going yeah. to comedy, you're like these dudes ain't that bad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, when I went to my first open mic, it was a hundred and ten percent bros in tanks, and I just went up there and I was like oh, I know what you're thinking. HR did not send me here. And it was a great icebreaker. It was like, okay, like I could, I can handle these guys. Like it's no big deal. So. That's an excellent reason to get into comedy. Um, I got into it. My brother got into it. And then I was just going to a mic to watch, you know, for my brother. And then I was like, People have told me I should be a comedian. I'm like, no, 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 I can't do that. And then I watched these idiots and I was like, I'm at least funnier than these people here in Wichita. Like most of them. Yep. 
you know, I, I can do this. Um, and then, you know, I started, I went out to Denver and I was like, oh, I'm funny here too. So I was like, all right. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's a great reason to get into comedy. Um, I'm not terribly threatened by men necessarily uh, or intimidated by them. I'm more intimidated by women than I am men, but because I want them to like me. I want women to like me. I don't care if men like me or not. Um, so I do, it's, it's my problem is why I'm intimidated by women. I get like friend crushes and I'm like, I just want her to like me and be my friend. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't care if dudes like me or not. That's a great perspective to have. That's yeah. definitely takes off. I don't, I don't think I care either. Like, honestly, what's the point? I mean, they've been ruling the world since, I don't know, millennia and it has not gone right. So must be something up. Let's try women being, I want more. Let's try women being in control for a while. Fuck this equality shit. Seriously. I want more. Just try it. Let's try it. And then we can swing back. Really, you have to swing really far one way and swing back to the middle is how it works. Yeah. Because we got, oh, we've gone too far. Women are being assholes now. You know, we don't want to turn into the assholes we're trying. You know what I mean? So, but, and then we come back to the middle. But we got to swing too far first, and we're not there. I agree. And you know what? I was thinking about this for a really long time, and I actually think it would be a lot more helpful if we turn misogyny around on them and then we start do. objectifying like, them. We do. And then they're like, how would you, you know, you can't do that because that's what you don't like men doing to women and blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, yeah, but at the end of the day, you can murder me. Okay. You can <laughs> kill me with your bare hands probably. So I'm going to say whatever I want until that is not an issue until like men are like the number one killer of women. Once that power structure is changed, uh, until then, I'm going to say whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Somebody was trying to tell me the other day, they were like, well, there's, there's one serial killer that's a woman too. And and I was like, okay, one compared to your entire race, like. Are they talking about um, the movie Monster? Yeah. Yeah, that one chick who. Yes. She she was so damaged by men her whole life, starting, and <laughs> when she was nine, and that created a monster that killed men um, because she was overly sensitive to being threatened because she'd been so abused by men her entire life. That one. Mm -hmm. um, She's not, like, I like serial, I like serial, I study, I listen to a lot of serial killer stuff, okay, and serial killers to me, there, there's a method, there's a hunting, there's a pre, you know what I mean? She wasn't, like, hunting men and stalking them and have a type and all that bullshit. She was just maybe overly reacting, maybe those men that she killed didn't do anything to her, but it was after years of damage. Yeah. Go on killing sprees because women won't fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's oh, the insulting. Oh, a woman to murder, to be a serial killer, okay? and it usually starts with abuse of a man, so it's still a man's fault. Well, even the serial killers were abused by males. 
That's so true. well, a lot of them had really shitty moms. A lot of them had. Oh, that's moms. true. They were abused by men and had terrible moms. So if they're abused by men but still have a good mom, they have a chance. It's still, you know, iffy. Doesn't always happen. Mm. Not across the board. Um, there's some people like Jeffrey Dahmer that never really had anything happen to him. He, his parents got divorced, and it really there was nothing major. He just had a Y chromosome, and he's like, all right. <laughs> I think that he was, his homosexuality was so suppressed in him by his religious upbringing that it, it came out. But obviously there was something all wrong with him as well. Mm. So, but yeah, but the majority of serial killers are men who were abused by other men. And a lot of them have really bad, just very over, over, overbearing moms, just real fucking controlling bitches a lot of time um but i bet i could find out that she's like that because of a man i can always make it a man's fault (laughs) (laughs) but yeah few women are just born fucked up i think i don't know it is definitely a less of a percentage for sure yeah and I think most women that try comedy are funny. And it's yeah, because I think all women are funny. It's not. Some women are doing comedy and they're not funny. I'll admit it. But it's such a small percentage of them. And even the ones that aren't funny are still, they're just not funny. They're not offending you while they're not funny. Right. They're just not right. good at it. They're harmless. Yeah, they're harmless. Not like I can tune them out. It doesn't enrage me. <laughs> um, but with the nonprofit too, like what I think like providing these classes and stuff is going to um, help women the way that comedy has helped me. Cause I know not all women are comfortable going into a space that's male dominated. Um, and I understand why they're not. I'm grateful that I'm not, I'm grateful that, that I, my experiences and I don't know, whatever it is that's caused me to be comfortable in those spaces for the most part, I'm glad that I am, but I totally understand why someone would not be. Um, and so I think the classes, if nothing else, even if they don't do anything or go anywhere after the classes, just like the confidence and things that doing comedy has, um, given me. So like, do you, how do you feel comedy has like helped you as a woman? In like your all around life, not just comedy. Oh, um, so how has comedy helped me as a woman? Was that the question? Yes. Okay. Um, Well, first of all, I get to share a lot about my dad, who was incredibly misogynistic. And it gave me a sense of like connection with people that, you know, I'm not the only one who was called like ugly as a kid by her father and like all these different things that you you'd be surprised so many people that come to you and they're like oh my gosh that was so funny and i felt better because i feel like no one's ever said that before and you know i'm not the only person going through it and if you can laugh at it then i can laugh at it too so i feel like it's connected me a lot with those people that are also broken and they don't have to hide it And usually hiding stuff is when it turns into some kind of like 
brain dysfunction, you know, or like, like sociopathic behavior or whatever. So I feel like I prevented some people from becoming serial killers in that way, you know, like definitely. Um, and, and also it's personally, it helped me because, um, I was always told to be silent as a kid growing up with my parents, always like everything I said, it was just mute button. Like you're a child, you're a woman, you don't have an opinion, you don't have a say. And now I'm in a room with like a thousand people on a mic. Everyone's going to listen to what I have to say. And they're, they're not only going to, they're going to be like released after, like they're going to feel the burden lift off. So I feel like it, it helps me, it gives me that catharsis and um, I just, I'm like really happy that I get to expose my family. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't really have family stuff. I have more like dating stuff, but um, I have started doing more jokes about you know, it's more of a mistreatment in society or in groups of people or bullying as a kid and stuff like that. Like my home, I didn't get it at home too much. My older brothers were horrible when they were teenagers, but nothing. My brother Billy once smashed my Cabbage Patch doll's head in with a hammer. That was pretty unusual, I think. I was like five and he was 11. That seems a little extreme as as a person who's raised children now i feel like that's a little much uh that goes beyond the normal brother messing with little sister but i was a little annoying kid i was a spoiled little brat so i can also see his side um but like the world you know and i was not prepared for the world by my parents because they not to complain about how much they love me but they did give me so much love and support and like the opposite of what you had but and then I went out into the real world and the real world was so mean <laughs> to me mm. in the late eighties in a small East Texas town. Um, yeah. And I was like in this bubble of weirdness over there and just real naive and uh, completely unprepared for how horrible people are. Like I didn't know to be worried. My mom always was like worried about strange grown men, you know, a stranger danger and all that stuff in the 80s but nobody was like watch out for that asshole boy that lives next door you know um or bullying at school or any of that like my peers my peers were terrible um and i was totally unprepared for it i thought everyone was gonna love me and that i was a beautiful princess and that <laughs> i was always gonna get my way i'm like wait a minute <laughs> I don't always get to do whatever I want when I want. <laughs> What's happening here? And so I'm still a spoiled child inside. And I want attention. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to get over that. I'm trying to be less like that. <laughs> That's really nice to hear a comedian that didn't have a messed up family. I, mean, I don't think anyone in LA has that. You were poor. Um, and my dad was gone a lot for work, but I don't remember it bothering me as a child. I don't really think about it badly now. 
my parents just, they never talked to me about money or prepared me at all to be an adult. You know, they didn't. But, you know, they gave me a lot of love and support when it comes to, like, affection and words. And, but now I just want that much all the time still. And it's an unrealistic thing because they're my parents. So now I want someone to just always tell me how great and special I am all the time. You're so special and so great. <laughs> um, I am pretty cool. Yeah. But, yeah. How many kids do you have? I have four children. Wow. Mm -hmm. They are 23, 21, 19, and 18. Um, wow. I started young. Um, I had my oldest daughter when I was 18 because I wanted someone... I always wanted someone to love me. That's not normal. <laughs> That's not rational, normal behavior. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but which is a terrible reason to have a baby. It does not work out. Um, she's okay. <laughs> My others are great. I have good kids. I feel like I was a decent mom. I feel like I'm not perfect, but I think I did a pretty good job. I think I still do a pretty good job. I, I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to do the best job I can at least, and that's half the battle. Mm -hmm. I, I don't always make the right decision, but I always make a decision that I feel like is the best decision for them. Yeah. I'm wrong sometimes, but trying man it's all you can do <laughs> i prepared them to be self-sufficient um but not in like a horribly neglectful way <laughs> you gotta have balance you know like not everything got to go on the fridge mm. you can't just put every painting on the fridge they're not all good and the fridge only has so much space so if i put your painting on the fridge it means that i it was good it meant something go on the fridge mm -hmm. something to work for <laughs> you know who also said that um thing about having someone to love i believe it was michael scott and he said he wanted to have 10 children so he no he wanted to have 100 children so he could have 100 friends um because he had zero friends and i thought that was very cute i was like <laughs> man <laughs> but I had like a bunch of like I, I had stuffed animals as a child and I would rotate them to make sure they all got equal time on my bed because I had a lot of them oh. so I would but I would keep it like to four or five maybe six I like even numbers and then they would get to be on my bed for a week I don't remember how long increments and then they would go over there and I'd have another set of stuffed animals so that they all got equal time with me oh so I was like prepared to be the mom of many children. I should have been a Mormon or a Catholic. I could have spit a baby out every year. <laughs> no. I had too many. I'm not regretting it, but I don't recommend it. I don't recommend everyone have four kids. I don't recommend everyone have kids. When I hear a woman say she doesn't want to have kids, I'm like, good for you. You know, like... <laughs> Because if you don't really want them, you shouldn't be a mother. Dads, it's a different story. But moms, you gotta, 
you need to want them. Yeah. At least by the time they're born, maybe you didn't want to see those two lines on the test, but by the time that baby's born, you should want it. Yeah. You don't have it. Don't keep it. Don't do it. Because yes. they're going to try your patience and you're going to want to kill them. And you can't kill them because you love them so much. You, you know, you'd be sad. So if you don't have that, what's going to stop you from killing your kid? You know, I'm just fucking them up real good and making them a serial killer. Only quarantine will tell how many in-home murders there have been. So give me so many divorces. Are you with a partner? Yes, I'm married. Oh, how long have you been married? Um, almost a year now. So coming up on a year and a couple months. Y'all home together all the time now? Yeah. Well, he goes out and he still does some stuff with his truck. And then I'm at home on Zoom meetings all day, like nonstop. So, yeah. So I just rearrange the furniture as much as I can to feel like I'm in a different house or something. Oh, yeah, man. I rearranged my bedroom. Like, because I just have a bedroom because I have two roommates and I don't really, I don't have the ability to rearrange things out there. That's all their stuff. And so I'm basically just renting a room. My roommates are cool, but yeah, I've rearranged my room like three times. Yep. I'm like, I have too much stuff. I want to get rid of everything. That's what he said the first day. He's like, we have too many things. <laughs> and now everything is out on the porch in trash bags. Yeah. So. Then what are you going to do? You know, then you got to get rid of it. Ugh. I, uh, and I don't hardly have any stuff because I lived in my SUV for like seven months to leave Wichita for Denver. And I'm going to, I want to get a van and build it out. I'm just waiting for my tax return. I have plans. But um, I think there's going to be a lot of people that didn't spend a lot of time with their spouse. And now they're going to realize they don't like them. Maybe mm -hmm. you guys are fairly newly married, but I'm imagining people that have been married like 20 years. They raised the kids. They've been keeping themselves busy with activities and grandkids and stuff. And now for the first time in 20 years, they're really having to spend a lot of time with their partner. And they're like, who are you? Like, this is not, no, I don't like whoever you've become in the last 20 years. I'm out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Reconnecting with old girlfriends and, you know, flings <laughs> and stuff that are on Facebook all the time now. Gonna be so many divorce. There'll be so many new comedians. I'm. It's, <laughs> it's gonna be a really good time for this nonprofit because there's gonna be so many people to help. <laughs> it's terrible. But no, so many new male comedians too, though. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Well, what can we do? Outlaw. <laughs> put a quota. Yeah, just put a quota. Put a cap on it and cap just. Send them to Iraq, like just make that a requirement. Go fight a war and then you can earn comedy. I don't know about a war. <laughs> I just want them to, to have to earn it somehow, but not a war. I haven't thought about it enough. I can figure out a good way. It's never gonna happen, but I can do what I can to make more non, to make more female and queer and I do, I am going to, the nonprofit is going to work with uh, troubled youth. So there will be males in there. It's, it's got nothing to do with gender or sexuality. It's just any kid. And so, but hopefully we can catch some early. I have been personally on a mission for the last 20 years to just date one incel after another in hopes 
preventing uh, mass shootings at least. Um, I don't think I'm preventing any serial killers, but definitely, definitely some mass shootings I think I've prevented. Um, wow. Yeah. I know. That's I'm amazing. Doing the Lord's work. <laughs> I'm tired though. I'm done. I'm ready to pass the mantle on, passing that torch on to the younger generation. I did my part. Right are they older incels or is it just I thought they were all just like teenagers um I would say it's it's not teenagers I would say that it's more like dudes in their 20s late 20s I've been the last six years I've been dating mostly men between the ages of 29 and 31 uh that are considerably younger than me um but there are men my age that feel emboldened by men that age um, and they're finally like, yes, it's not me. I knew it. It's not me or my problems or my personal hygiene. <laughs> it's because <laughs> women are bitches and it's all their fault. Oh my gosh. Oh, barf. Yeah. And, um, no, they're not that the guys I've dated aren't that bad, but they are, I generally go after guys that don't get a lot of ladies it's just, mm. I, I don't yeah I don't know if that's me or I don't know why it's not like I get a lot of dudes it's just it's not hard to get dudes you know what I mean you're, mm -hmm. it's if if you're a woman and you're single it's because you have standards every woman chooses to be single every single one because any woman could get a man maybe it's not the best man or a man you want necessarily but you can get one yeah not the same for dudes mm. and rightly so women need to be more like that mm -hmm. and they are they're getting more like that so then like even the chicks that used to be able to would slum it for them aren't slumming it anymore because they're like no i'm big and i'm beautiful i don't need to slum it Lizzo told me, you know, and so now yeah. self-confidence and that's what being a comedian has done for me. I'm like, no, I'm not taking this from you. I'm a comedian. <laughs> I'm better than you are. I'll see you later. You know, <laughs> so I think that, and the men are scared. They're scared, but they'll adjust. Everyone will adjust to women being strong. Yeah. It'll be a better world for sure. There's always going to be assholes, just like there's still racism. Mm -hmm. if just, but if they stay underground and shut up about it and are the fringes of society, I'm fine with that. I don't think we'll ever get rid of it altogether, sexism or racism or whatever, but it's just stupid human nature to be like that. And there's powerful people that play into it, and that's always going to... It's always happened. It's always going to happen to some degree. But I think we're getting, things are getting better, not as fast as we would like, but they're happening. We've been, we've had a big setback with the current uh, administration, really just bringing the cockroaches to the surface and they feel emboldened. But mm -hmm. I don't know. Hopefully the coronavirus kills them off. <laughs> I haven't seen the statistics on who's dying. It's mostly old people, which is sad. So. Yeah. Oh, there's all, but I mean, I feel like all those statistics are just wrong anyways. 
you know? Depends on the source. I'm really into data. I'm also an accountant, so I have that side of my brain. I like statistics and data. But yeah, you have to look at who's giving you statistics. Mm -hmm. How many people were actually polled, how they collected the data. There's a lot of like empirical review that has to happen. But they do that, and it's just, you gotta, most general people are not into data enough to go digging like that. Yeah. I took a class in college called How to Lie with Statistics, and it was all about how to make things presented in a way that you get the conclusion that you want. And I was just like, I, what am I supposed to believe now? So I try to try to make sure everything that goes in my brain is, you know, just goes out, back out, because I can't believe anything anymore. Yeah, like, because unless I'm going to take the time to, to follow the trail of, of it, um, which I usually don't do unless I need to prove my argument. Um, but yeah, I don't really, um, anything I care about, I've delved into it. Anything that I'm going to speak about or defend or um, really be vocal about, I have looked into it because I don't want to be vocal about it and then find out I was an idiot. But I took marketing classes and it's a lot, of, there was a little bit of that taught to me in marketing classes and I was like oh my god we're not in control of anything like shaving our legs was a market mm -hmm. it was a way to sell razors when beards came back they made ladies feel shame about their body hair through marketing mm. and it worked they it's not just about seeing a need and feeling it it's about creating a need that wasn't there or fear yeah that wasn't there and then they sell you the solution they create the problem and then sell you the solution yeah and i'm like and they're just <laughs> teaching us in this class like this is what like this is okay they're not teaching it to you in a way that's in a warning method they're teaching you how to do it they're like here's what you do to do that <laughs> if you want to get into advertising and marketing here's what you do to do that and i was like whoa <laughs> no 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 i'm not this is not the field for me yeah yikes couldn't do it but now yeah i'm completely freaking like totally not trusting of anything anymore that i can't somehow investigate back to the core data that was collected because you use like studies show and then you find out the study had a hundred people in it and it wasn't a very good you know they didn't do it right right yeah sample yeah. size it's all about the sample size and replicate replicate replication like somebody needs to be able to replicate it and have the same results as you and you do right. that like eight nine ten times and then you know that it's a fact but you have to do it like eight nine ten times you have to have you know what i mean has to be replicated yeah. over and over and if somebody else can't replicate it then it's not a fact it's just what happened that one time <laughs> <laughs> drives me nuts uh, <laughs> so but no most people don't think like that and the people in control know that they're lazy mm -hmm. lazy uh, i'm lazy too there's too much to worry about, so you have to pick your battles, you know. Yeah. Can't get up in arms about everything. So I have chosen 
you know, female issues and feminism. And maybe not the easiest thing, but there's even like little sectors you can put. Like I'm trying to, that's why I have the nonprofit is like, I want to, I feel like I like, that's something I can do to try to help somehow, you know? Yeah, no, that's a really noble cause actually. That's, yeah. It's not complete. It's like just at the beginning. So yeah, I think I've at least through these interviews proven my theory. I've proven my theories about that. I, that it's not just me that comedy helped, you know what I mean? Like, cause I knew it helped me, but that I know that that doesn't mean that's going to help enough people to have a nonprofit for it. But mm -hmm. after discussing it with enough people, I've done like 20 of these interviews and I, you know, discussing it with female comedians off of the interviews. I feel like I'm onto something here. <laughs> so I'm still, I'm still gathering data. You know, I got to get a first student and send them through and then we'll really know. Yeah. But that has to, that has to wait until the world starts up again. So. I wonder when that's going to be. My fan blowing is annoying me, but I really want it on. Sounds like a tea kettle. Do you hear that? Or is it just me? I don't hear it. I don't hear anything. Okay, cool. But, um, yeah, I think we can wrap this up. Do you have anything else you wanted to add? Do you have, it's really hard because there's like nothing coming up. You <laughs> throw in your Facebook or Instagram or yeah <laughs> well yeah I got so my Instagram Nishi Axel and I'm also going to be the host of a talk show that is going to be released on Apple TV oh, cool. um, yeah and it's right now like you said it's everything's on hold so we don't even know when we're gonna start filming but it's gonna be a it's gonna be a talk show about international comedians that are bilingual that can do a set in English and that can do a set in their native language or their second language. Oh, cool. um, yeah. And it'll, it'll just be like showcasing people that are in LA that are kind of like hidden because, you know, you only get to perform in one language. Um, sure. And they're, these are like international headliners. That's really cool. I mean, I know some like, they're not international headliners, but I know some lower level like Hispanics that can speak Spanish fluently that they can do sets in complete Spanish. Um, My husband is, he's like, he is crawling on the floor <laughs> to avoid making noise. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I just, I just see him crawling like a cat. I'm sorry. That was more distracting than anything. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he says tried. Um, but that sounds really great. I'm pretty, I'm excited to see when that comes out. I hope I can see. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be great because I'm, my goal is to get as many women as possible on there. Of course the men jumped on the boat. They're like, I can do Espanol. I can be Peruvian, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're, I can't deal with your male comedy right now. Like I, I need, I need some like ovaries up in here because I'm going to, I'm going to kill myself if I have to see another microphone used as a dick. Like I can't, <laughs> anymore, you know, or just, yeah, uh, there's a joke I have where a male comedian suggested that I use the microphone as a dick. And I was like, no, absolutely not happening. 
What's the joke? I'm trying to remember. It has something to do with like, it was like me and my ability to suck dick and then something about long dicks and choking. It was a really dirty joke. It's not even a joke I tell anymore at all, but at the time I was working on it. He was like, you should like really get the mic out there. And I was like, no. <laughs> oh my God. What in the world? Oh yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with that. So I, just to be nice, I was like, okay, here's the form. If you're a male, this will go directly to my spam. And here's a form if you're a female. So yeah, I'm going to try to put on as many as possible and, that should be, and I'm pretty sure in, right now it seems like people are out anyway. Like we live next to a major street and for the last three weeks it's been kind of quiet, but I've been hearing all kinds of people zooming around and neighbors are like outside fighting and stuff. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> things are slowly getting back to normal. So when that happens, we can start filming and it, it's going to be really fun. I'm really excited about it. Um, and hopefully I won't be too pregnant by that time but are you we'll pregnant see. yes oh no i know i was like okay that's great how pregnant are you i'm uh, i'm coming up on like five weeks i think or four weeks so and it's i just found out like i i just started getting sick and i was like this is not normal you're you're having a baby then. yeah I'm having a Every baby. Every time I hear someone's pregnant, no matter how old they are or their circumstances, I immediately think it's not good news. <laughs> Unless I know for a fact they were trying to have a baby, I'm immediately like, oh no, are you okay? Oh God, I'm so sorry. Is it going to be all right? Are we happy about this? Oh, we're happy about it. Okay, cool. Awesome. <laughs> I can be happy about it. <laughs> but immediately I'm like, like I saw a buy, guy buy a pregnancy test at the grocery store and he was waiting as Walmart. So he's waiting for someone to let him in there to get the test. And I was like, Oh man, sorry about that. And then I like literally said that out loud. To him. <laughs> and then I realized as I walked down, I was like, Helen, you're such a dick. <laughs> Maybe it's good news. Maybe they've been trying and they're finally getting their dream come true. You're such a dick. <laughs> But no, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be great. I thought, I was like, oh, it works. I didn't, I didn't know that worked in there. So I was pretty happy about that. Like, Good to know. Oh, yeah. You don't mind me asking, how old are you? I am 33. Sometimes I forget. I'm 33. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, I think, I think it's, my eggs were already screaming out for a baby anyway, so... Yeah. I mean, I freaking love kids. I have three, I have two nieces and one nephew just got another niece like a year ago, obsessed with her. Yeah. I, I haven't changed any of their diapers or anything, but their first word was my name. So. Oh shit. Yeah. So I was like, I think kids really love me. Well, I so. think your husband needs to change their diapers because why <laughs> not continue that? Exactly. That's a great idea because th then they're just going to hate me if I have to change their diapers. Like, that's... yeah, no, let them, no, don't change. I changed, I had four kids in five years. I had two kids in diapers multiple times. I was changing diapers from 1996 to 2003. Oh my gosh. I was changing most of diapers and, uh, 
I my I just recommend stopping it too. I mean, obviously this is my opinion because even if you're alone, even if you end up a single mom, you still you have two hands, you can hold two hands. But you have two adults, you have two kids, but then you get that third one and you're outnumbered. Uh, and it changes it. The third one's real hard. The fourth one, it's like, man, what's another one? But that third <laughs> one, it really changes the dynamic of everything. Mm. I'd stop at two at most. I reckon one or done or two. Or maybe a long gap between, because my two older brothers are like 11 and eight years older than me. So yeah. when I was born, they were already like 10 and 11 and they, it was like having four parents. So I take that back. I would never inflict that on anyone. That's terrible. What? Yeah. Also, it's like your body gets older and it's harder. And I wouldn't want to have a kid at 40. Oof. Oh, yeah. My friend had her younger daughter when she was 34, 35. And I'm just like, oh, God. And she was like, that was way harder than the other one because she had her when she was 26. She was like, that took a lot more out of me. I was like, yeah. Ugh. It will. So... <sighs> You're gonna have a second one. Just get it done. Bam, yeah, this bam. is it. Bam, bam. Maybe you'll get lucky and get twins. My, I just talked to this female comedian who's, she has a brother. They got a boy and a girl. One shot. I was like, that's perfect. Nah. Oh my! I don't know if I can. Ha I mean, he's already he's six foot four, and his his family is like Vikings, basically from Sweden. So he's gonna tear me up if I try to do that. <laughs> My third child, their father is like that. Of course, so my fourth child, he was normal. But my third child was 11 and a half pounds and 23 inches. Oh, my gosh. 23 inches. And he's really, he's like 6'1 now. He's not huge, but his dad's 6'5. Wait, 23. So he was like. Almost two feet. Wow. And, and 11 and a half pounds. He was like a three-month-old. So it was like having twins. Oh my gosh. I don't, it would be worth it if it had been a boy and a girl and I'd only been pregnant once. Mm, totally. Okay. I got you. Well, it might be because I've been getting the worst morning sickness. That's not even morning sickness. It's all day sickness. All day. Every pregnancy is different. I had four. Some I was sick the whole time. Some I was hardly sick at all. Some I craved junk food. Some I craved healthy food. They were all completely freaking different. There was no rhyme or reason to any of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you can talk to other women and they can, you know, like I said, gather data, talk to enough women that were in and then they can try to decide, oh, well, you must be having a boy if you're puking all the time. That's what they say if you're sick all the time. Really? But I was sick all the time with girls and boys so mm. it is not true for me yeah there's a lot of old wise tales about every symptom and everything you experience and it's like yeah if she's kicking at 2 a.m in the morning it's a girl and uh like no i don't i really don't care i it's my baby and it can be a freaking what are alien i don't care like it's gonna be perfect so yes I just know that with me, I ha I was more mentally stable when I was pregnant. So I think whatever. Really? Yeah, which is the opposite of normal women. So I think whatever's wrong with me has is hormonal, 
And now that my ovaries are dying, I'm looking forward to being more mentally stable when it's all over. <laughs> I, want, I want to go to a doctor and tell him just take him out to the ruin of my life. Oh. I'm just like, I'm eking through menopause. Of course, it couldn't just happen. I have to just like slowly just eke through it. And I just want it done. I just want it over with. <laughs> so, but that's good news then. There's still joy. It's probably going to be a beautiful child. Uh, smart, given. I don't know how smart your husband is. Smart enough to marry you. <laughs> um, but you seem like an intelligent person. And you see a strong woman, and I feel uh, that you, more women like you need to have children so they can be raised by strong women. Thank you so much. That means so much to me. That is not what my mom would say, so I'm very happy. Not too strong. <laughs> not too strong. Too strong. Um, because then you'll have a serial killer. Although, have we really had a... What is your heritage? Pakistani. There's mostly, you know, they've mostly been white. So we could have, then they'd still be special, you know? Yeah. They'll this be, kid's going to be half white, so. He'll be the best damn serial killer there is. <laughs> it will be, yeah, definitely very technical. They're not going to get know? caught. Yeah. <laughs> we won't even know. <laughs> Like oh my killer, as long as I don't know about it, how's it hurting me? You know? <laughs> but it was really good talking to you. Um, I have to go potty. It's how I end most of these, it seems. Uh, I talk until I have to pee. But it's very good uh, news. I'm glad you're, you're having a baby and good luck with that. And um, I think I'm going to, I think I added you on Facebook. I've seen, I've seen many people's children grow on Facebook that I know. And I, I enjoy seeing their pictures. I do love other, I, I make jokes, but I love babies. I just don't like teenagers. <laughs> and I know that that little sweet baby is going to turn into an asshole here soon, you know, eventually. But babies are great. So. Thank you I, so much. Yeah, it was great chatting with you and getting to know you. And yeah, let me know if you need anything else from me or you have my email and my contact information. So. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. bye.